This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Monarch Legacy of Monsters Episode 1 is over But we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps I'm Adam H Everyone prepare uh, for the oncoming Godzilla attack Everyone get down No, that's really not this But luckily we have systems in place for such a thing Um, I'm very curious uh, My partner in crime here, Todd Todd Brain What would you do if you heard alarms going off And it was like, Godzilla attack Where would you go? Uh... I don't know. I, I would probably be much like Kate and just freaking the heck out. I think I would be right in that headspace. Even if I hadn't lived through G-Day, I think if I suddenly heard that Godzilla was coming, I would be uh, freaking out. I would be praying for that all clear to come through to say it's just a drill. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, oh my goodness, how scary would that be? Um, well, here we are, Todd, to talk about episode one of uh, the new show, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, streaming right now. On Apple TV Plus, the first two episodes are out. That being said, we have only seen the first one. Just the first one. So there's another one out right now that we could go watch. But we waited. Just for you. Just for you, dear listeners. We waited. Todd, was it hard to wait? It was a little hard for me to wait. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a little difficult. 
yeah, I hope the uh, the viewers appreciate the sacrifice that we are making yeah. here for them. Yeah, and simultaneously, we have no expectation of a similar sacrifice on your end. You can watch the first two. That's totally fine. Listen to how wrong we are when we talk about any potential future things that happen in this episode. Who knows? I don't even know if I want to predict things because I, I at this point, I have a lot of questions. I have I have so many questions about how, uh, how all of this connects, where we're going, who we're staying with. Did we... Did we lose a character today? I mean, our, you know, uh, th there's a lot going on. What's up with the dad? Where is he? What's going on? Is he alive? What's in Fairbanks, Alaska? Um, and those larvae, those <laughs> little larvae that we just had to take a sample of. We just had to do some science. This is why we leave science to the scientists. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, when, when people out there are part of it, it's just... My God, you couldn't pay me to go down in that pit. I'm very excited. Um, Todd, this I thought was actually a pretty good episode. Um, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, we talked about this before. I was like, I don't know. Like, you know, what's this going to be? What is this show going to be? We're spanning. We're spanning timelines. We're spanning stories. We're spanning uh, monsters. Like, what's it going to be? I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a really good introduction to to the world, I think that they did a pretty good job. I think even if you hadn't seen the movies, I think the the show kind of sets up everything that you need to know about what's going on in the world. You don't need to know all the particulars of Godzilla's attack and the Mutos and all of that. I think that a uh, just know Godzilla attacked San Francisco a year ago and Kate was there and bad things happened. Uh, so yeah. I thought it did a really good job of just setting up the the show and the general world. But also, I thought the the characters were all interesting. I my favorite part was I'll have to say the uh, the nineteen fifties storyline. I love the chemistry between those three characters. Uh, it looks like we might not get much more chemistry yeah. between all three of them, depending <laughs> <laughs> on what happens next episode. Uh, but uh, still, I really enjoyed like the relationship between Kay and Billy and then Lee there as like the kind of third wheel trying to keep them alive. Uh, let me just say, Wyatt Russell is channeling his dad so well. I've seen Wyatt Russell in a few things and never have I thought he was as Kurt Russell as he is in this it's yeah. like it's so obvious that he is like doing his best to be his dad in these uh, early scenes especially that i'm like very impressed by his his yeah uh, his I, well there. of course that makes sense right we're going to see kurt russell at some point here we haven't seen him yet we did get a little bit of the john goodman right at the very beginning there's a big part of me that thinks that we're not going to be getting any more john oh, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah uh, that, it seems to me that's probably the the one and only John Goodman. Yeah, well, he he is very busy, very busy man. He took his time, uh, and and he uh, you know he he contributed here. I you know we we can we can start with that opening, but before we get into the actual specifics here, please uh, like subscribe to this podcast if you want more Monarch Legacy of Monsters coverage. We're gonna be here the whole way through. We're gonna be here from Muto to Muto, from Larva to Larva, from hole to hole, from from Lee to Lee, from one Russell. So the other Russell, why it's a Kurt, if you will. We're going to be here all the way along. So please like and subscribe. Um, and, and we got you covered. We have all of this coverage uh, just, just for you, episode by episode here as we go through, uh, as this is released week by week. So let's get into it. And I think that right there with the John Goodman of it all, the beginning, the beginning scene of this, we're not going to go through this scene by scene, but that boy, that beginning scene gets you right into it. If you have not seen Kong Skull Island, you kind of have now. 
more or less. <laughs> I mean, you've you've been there, you've seen some stuff. You saw Mommy Longlegs or or whatever whatever her name is. Um, we have you know big spiders. We have more creatures coming out, and of course, we have John Goodman coming at the very beginning, and we're right there on Skull Island, right at the beginning. Todd. I loved this as an opening. We had said last podcast of one of our favorite movies of these of this franchise is we both agreed on this. And here we go. We're right immersed in in the space with the previous character. Um, you know, shout out John Goodman coming and reprising this role here for just a just a couple minutes. But it's enough. It's enough. It gets us into it. Todd, I love this opening. Yeah, I thought it was really great. I love that initially we get like the kind of camera footage of the initial uh, confrontation between Kong and the helicopters, which is one of my favorite parts of Kong Skull mm-hmm. Island. It's very apocalypse now uh, scene with the sun, the distance, but then there's Kong there as well with the helicopters and all. Uh, and so beginning it kind of like from the point of view of someone on the helicopter taking footage with the camera and just very choppy cut together is really cool. And then you have a, a John Goodman as Bill Radna, uh, sorry, Randa, I believe. I keep getting go back and forth on the actual pronunciation of the name, uh, but seeing him there and like doing some sort of weird confession to the camera about, Hey buddy, I hope you don't have to see this. because That means I'm dead, but I'm sorry what I took from you, but hopefully it will all be worth it. And who he's talking to, what that all means. I'm guessing it's going to be a big thing about the show. Uh, my guess is probably Lee, but who knows? What did he take from Lee? Uh, uh, but then we get like the mother long legs coming up and chasing him through the jungle. And he throws some a, a watertight bag into the ocean because he thinks he's about to die. And so he tries to save that. And then up pops Mantle Claw, which is the name given to this giant crab monster that suddenly comes up out of the ground and just starts fighting mother long legs long enough for uh, Bill to run for safety. But it's nice, like, Lots of action this beginning thing, not just like the quick shots of Kong, but also like a full-on kaiju battle here between spider and crab. The you know the eternal enemies of spider and crab. I, uh, to be honest with you, Todd, I love crab so much. This is a well-known fact. I am as pro crab as someone can get, and I am also as anti-spider as someone could get. So I really do feel like this tracks for me. A hundred percent of mortal enemies battling it out. Um, gosh, it was so cool. And of course, um, I, I, I don't know if I remembered exactly what those spiders were when we were talking about it, kind of hypothetically last podcast. But boy, when you saw it right there, I was like. Oh, that's what that's yeah. what he's oh. talking about. Those yeah. spiders. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. That giant yeah. thing that would absolutely <laughs> scare the pants off of me. Oh my goodness. Um, let's just let's just break into this here and start talking potential theories of what this is. I you know, I just want to to warn the audience here. I'm not very good at this. I'm really not in terms of predicting this kind of stuff. I'm just, I'm just not, I, I much prefer analyzing it uh, from a, from a past perspective here. That being said, I do feel like um, I, this was definitely a family member that he was talking to. And I like the idea of a father son kind of combination here. Um, and we'll get into the, the father of it all and where those tapes ended up. Is it crazy to say that, Kate is um, John Goodman's granddaughter. Is that like too far? Oh, no. I think it's like all, almost confirmed. <laughs> I feel oh. like by, by the show. Uh, okay. In a, in a couple of couple of ways, uh, because the character, Kate's last name is the same as John Goodman's character's last <laughs> name. Wait, really? Yeah. 
Okay, huge. Okay, we love yeah. that for this theory. We love yeah. that. <laughs> and so, uh, and then her grandmother is Kay. Yes. Uh, and then Kay had a kid with Billy, who mm-hmm. is young John Goodman. We love so, that. So, uh, so okay, so this is a really solid, uh, really uh, spot on theory that was basically confirmed that I uh, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. Honestly, I'm taking that as a huge win because I'm picking up clues that the show is putting down, um, even if those clues are slapping me in the face and just objectively telling you that it's correct. Okay, I like that. That's a cool connection. Um, a, a big fan of that. I'm interested to see if we explore more of that. We'll talk about the past storyline um, a little bit later, but at least in terms of the present. This is a big, big plot point, especially of this first episode of Kate's dad. What's going on here? What is the situation? We're investigating. We're exploring. What are these tapes? And presumably, of course, that's what um, uh, John Goodman's character uh, did throw in the ocean and was picked up by a random, you know, fishing uh, fishing boat in in um, uh, just off of Japan. So that's the Skull Island portion of this episode. Just that opening scene. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that? Did you do you anticipate any further? Um, uh, any further scenes in this location with this setting? Kong obviously wasn't really in play at the beginning here. There wasn't, you know, there, no, nothing necessarily new. Are we going back to this well? I, I'm i not sure. I could see it happening, but I feel like most of the past action, the sense I got from this first episode at least, and just from what little I've heard about this show, it's probably just mainly going to be focusing on, you know, Lee, young Lee and young Bill. And so probably not going to get a whole lot of Skull Island action because by the time that happens, you know, we'd have to be seeing John Goodman again. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll be getting a whole lot of Skull Island. There is a possibility that we could see an elderly returning to Skull Island after Bill's death, uh, you know, to see what happened to his friend. I, I think there's a possibility we could revisit Skull Island, but it wouldn't surprise me if we just, uh, this is our one touch base with Skull Island and everything else is going to be set in more uh, new locations for us. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm definitely interested in that. I do think that there is something to be said for let's get Kurt Russell on Skull Island and just see what happens. You know, let's oh. just, let's just put him there. And gosh, Todd, are we deprived of the Kurt Russell opposite John Goodman with Kong in the background? Like, <laughs> Wouldn't that have been an amazing situation? Like why couldn't we have finagled that? Yeah, that would have been, that would have been great. And I, I'm with you. I would love to see Kurt Russell uh, in full action hero mode on Skull Island and dealing with that. Cool. Just hopefully we'll get to see him in full action hero mode in other locations. Well, potentially. Uh, one of those other locations uh, and where we spent probably the vast majority of the episode, I would say, is in Japan in 2015. So a year after um, G-Day as is what they're calling it. How do you feel about the the G-Day? I don't, I don't recall hearing that in the other um movies or uh, certainly not in the way that it was presented in the show might it might have been mentioned like colloquially but they were literally like g-day plus five or like one year after g-day like it was a very like common thing how do you feel about that uh i think it's fine Uh, that's something that i i don't necessarily love the terminology but uh, a it seems like something that would happen like people like trying to say take something and shorten it down yeah i don't remember them really mentioning g-day in the films either they may have used that terminology in king of monsters but i don't recall it um i think it's fine but 
they could have come with something snazzier maybe yeah i do feel it's just like a little i don't know it's very like d-day-esque and i'm like okay i don't know if we need to like go close to that well to <laughs> to get something similar here for the day that godzilla wrecked san francisco but we're a year plus uh in uh, of that time and we're following our main character safe to say at this point or at least our main character of this timeline kate um, who I who I do see here, Kate Randa. So really, I should have I really should have picked that up um, a lot a lot sooner than I did. I don't I don't know if it was ever explicitly stated like out loud on the show, like maybe like on her uh, documentation and stuff. I only okay. know because that's how she was like been listed in all the credits and stuff beforehand. Gotcha. So. Okay, well, apologies if that's a spoiler to anyone else, but there, I don't think it was now that I'm like looking at this. <laughs> I think I just am <laughs> a little thick. <laughs> um, okay, so we're following Kate most of the time. She is going back to Japan and she is trying to take care of her father's affairs. So kind of a, a little bit of a somber opening here of her dad died recently and uh, she's dealing with her with, with, with his affairs. She left some, some keys and apparently he was paying rent on an apartment. Um, tough situation. And obviously my first reaction to this was he died in San Francisco from Godzilla. That was certainly my first thought of like, okay, this is tough. We're, we're, we're looking at the aftermath of G-Day, if you will. Um, and that's what's going on. We eventually learn that that is not the case. But what are your first kind of impressions of Kate, our our main character here in the quote unquote present storyline? Uh, I think the the interesting thing about Kate is you see her like her mom calling her as she's on the way there. And her mom is very much, you're supposed to call me after you landed. And Kate's me like, well, I did just land. And the mom's like, 20 minutes ago or two hours ago or something like that. It's like, well, we had to do this and this and this. Like, it's very much a uh, not wanting to engage with her mother at that at this point in time. And her mother makes some comment about how Kate didn't want to do anything. And it, kind of like the mom kind of like, I guess, browbeat Kate into going on this mission a little bit. So... I think we don't get a whole a great sense of Kate in this initial sequence. I think we get more later, but I do get the sense that she she's definitely here under duress. She is not wanting to investigate her father for whatever reasons. I think we get like a taste of it later about what her reasons might be. I think she's kind of like done with her dad and his mysterious ways. But here she is, the dutiful daughter. Yeah, she's doing it under duress, but she is going to try to see if they can figure out what the heck was going on with her dad. Well, and she figures it out pretty quickly, or at <laughs> least uh, at least something on the surface here. Maybe not the whole story, maybe not the whole mystery, but as she opens up the door to the apartment that her dad was paying rent on, she finds another family, the second family, or maybe the first family. Who knows? We find another family that her dad was just, apparently uh, just as much a part of. And, okay, I understand that people do this. Like, I do – this is a thing, right? This is a real thing. There are people out there that are living, like, two lives. But they are all, like, in different countries. We're talking about San Francisco and Japan. Like, not just a 20-minute car ride or a, you know, even, like – like this is a this is a lot todd what would you i mean i could never even imagine experiencing this of like walking in the door and being like um hi (laughs) hello my dad is your dad and we didn't know each other that's interesting isn't it (laughs) haha this is like wild todd 
Yeah, and neither Kate nor her new half-brother, Kentaro, really take it well. (laughs) How could you? How could you take that well? There's no way. No one has ever taken this well. Uh, Yeah, no, it just would be mind-blowing. And the thing that's even more mind-blowing is here you're talking about, like, her dad has, like, two lives. He actually has at least three because he has a life with her family, the life with the other family, and then also the secret life with Monarch. Yeah. Uh, which we don't know for sure how involved he was with Monarch, but the sense of the show seems to be like, yeah, they don't really know what he was doing. And so he has like not only two separate families, but also this third aspect of his life that he's kept secret from both sides of it. So there's some really interesting things going on with uh, Kate and Ken's dad. Yeah, this is why. What do you think of uh, Kentaro or Ken? Are we calling him Ken? Uh I can't remember if anyone actually calls him Ken straight up. I can't remember if May calls him Ken or not. I just think we mainly hear his mom call him Kentaro. Uh, so. Okay. What do you think of Kentaro? Um, I think that he seemed to, he was very uh, aggressive towards Kate through, through all of this, which is like an interesting and understandable response, but also his relationship with his uh, ex-girlfriend is pretty strained as well. So I think, Ken has a lot going on. Um, I think that out of the characters, he's probably my least favorite character that we were introduced really? to in, okay. in this. Not that I ter- actively dislike him, but I feel like just out of the characters, he's the one that because he was so much in playing so defensive about his dad the entire time, uh, I think he was in denial. I think that that got a little old for me. Like just always like, I, we can't trust this girl. We can't trust this girl. My, our dad's not a monster, but also I, she's trying to leave, but he's like pulling her back in and like, yeah. okay, uh, guy, just, just kind of make up your mind. <laughs> you know? it's, I mean, it's very, very interesting, right? Because I, I mean, I could never tell you how I would react in this situation. If someone were to walk in the door and be like, this is what's happening. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I would react to that. We'll talk about the, ex or previous partner in, in, in just a second when we kind of get to that um because i sh- she's my least favorite actually. <laughs> <laughs> um but ken you know ken definitely has some interesting energy here um i understand the aggression towards kate especially because it's definitely clear that kate is also coming in with like some uh, aggression is probably the wrong word for Kate specifically, but she's like some caution is probably closer. Some like very, very strong skepticism of like, what is going on here? Like there, something is up and she realizes it pretty, pretty quickly. Um, The only other kind of, you know, uh, wrinkle in this is Ken's mom, Kate's dad's secret lover, if you will, uh, as, as we might refer to her as um, does not speak English. And so she is not able to communicate with Kate who presumably also does not, uh, who doesn't speak Chinese um, or, or Japanese rather in um, at the beginning of this episode, although we later find out uh, that that is not the case, but that is very interesting of like filtering the communication through Ken, who at least at this point, presumably is the only person who can see um, who can communicate with both of them. And Ken is not, uh, Ken is not telling his mom, Hey, uh, dad is actually uh, a part of another family. He uh, he withholds some of that communication there. And I do think that is, um, I don't know, Todd, I think that's like an interesting part of Ken's character here where he's like trying to shield his mom from some of this pretty harsh truth. 
Well, I think that a uh, it does the does get communicated pretty quickly though. Yeah, because like she finds I, out she's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have like, to not you have to you know you gotta. I mean, I mean Kate, Kate is showing the like almost immediately. Kate is showing them pictures because a uh, I, I think that a, yeah, Kentaro tries to shield her like very briefly, but doesn't doesn't last for very long. I I think he very much is like not wanting to believe this about his dad, which understandable, yeah. understandable. But once it becomes apparent <laughs> a, that it's probably true but he still is like holding on to that slim desire through the entire episode he's still all the time like what if it's it it's, can't be true it can't be true it can't be true you know yeah. i guess he thinks like they're deep faked photos uh, he probably thinks it's all all photoshopped um what her uh, motivations would be to do this uh who knows but it's a world of shadowy government organizations. So there could be a conspiracy theory here about why this random person is breaking into their apartment. Uh, so yeah, he kind of like vacillates between like complete denial, but then also trying so hard desperately to convince Kate that their dad is a good guy. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's a really, really interesting. And like I said, I don't, I don't dislike him, but they're just like our moments where I'm just like, I found him like the least, engaging character to me for hmm. for whatever reason well uh in terms of engaging as kate is about to leave um we get a siren she's on the phone with her mom like you know potentially answering some questions but really not wanting to answer a lot of these questions and uh the the siren rings the alarm sounds and everyone starts running she immediately gets knocked over because people are um the worst um, also, <laughs> speaking of people are the worst, I do have to bring this up. Uh, I, I didn't mention this at the top of the podcast. Oh, my God. When she's in the taxi uh, <laughs> going from the airport, the this I mean, this is like the quintessential Uber driver of just like, hey, <laughs> you know, that Godzilla is not real, right? It's all fake. Like everything is everything is fake. It's all a conspiracy theory. And it's all it's all just made up. And I'm just like, at first I was like, OK, we literally saw it. Like, it's not even like it was just like someone said something happened. You Like, it's there. People saw it. But also my second thought, and it was quickly, quickly followed after that first one was like, yep, this tracks there. This, this makes complete sense that people would be saying this unsolicited to people that are in the car. So this is so emblematic of real life that I was just like, yeah, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you haven't had an awkward conversation with a conspiracy theorist, uh, Uber driver, have you even had an Uber? Yeah. I mean, honestly, seriously. Uh, yeah, no, that was one of my favorite moments because he's like, San Francisco was a hoax. They did it with CGI and Kate, who was there, is like, well, that's quite a revelation. And of course, the button on it is like, there's more. I have a podcast. Of yeah. course he has a podcast. Yeah. Of course he has a podcast. Yeah, there's a lot in that opening sequence and in this sequence that's really interesting. One of the things I, I really liked about the episode is setting up the world post-Godzilla like post G day, like the Japan has gone all out, like in the plain lands, the people get sprayed with disinfectants. Like, like it's going to stop parasites from coming because the Mutos are parasites. So let's kill the parasites because that's, you know, like this, this faux uh, sense of security. And then they're just these little, a uh, yellow and green Godzilla signs everywhere. Like a, uh, like there's actually like on an overpass, there's like a, a sign of like a Godzilla with kind of like an X next to it. Like, no, Godzilla, this is too low for Godzilla to go through. I don't know if that's what it's supposed to mean, but that's, that's how I interpret it. Do you think that Godzilla follows proper street signage? Like, do you think he's, you think he's like yielding if someone else is like about to turn? Uh, I, 
I don't considering like the scene that we see him in and how he treats a bridge yeah. that he just like, oh, this is my way. I'm just gonna rip it down. I don't think so. I don't think Godzilla's big on yielding to anyone or anything. Mm. Uh, but also lined along the streets are these huge missiles, these huge array of missiles. And they even talk about how, you know, now like monster defense is the new industry. People are getting rich off of the monster defense. So I like those little touches. We don't uh, delve into it a lot, but I really like those little touches about this is what the world is post-Godzilla, that people are freaked out about the monsters. And so they're doing stuff to try to give people a sense of security, even though pretty sure those missiles will do no harm to Godzilla whatsoever. And all this signage, he's not going to follow the signs. I think some of the signage is like signs to to, where to go for like the underground shelters. I think that's what a lot of the the Godzilla signage actually means uh, because we see that as they're running into the shelter, as this alarm is going off. And we never know for sure if this is like a, 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 just a false alarm or like a emergency broadcast test type thing. Uh, but yeah, definitely I, nothing's going on. It certainly um, seemed to me as though they detected Godzilla was moving potentially in their direction, potentially not. And they're just being overly cautious or something along those lines. Um, which I do, again, I think is like interesting because again, even if you could track Godzilla and like they, they do and can, we've seen that before. They have like tracked him underwater in, um, in the most recent one, actually both of the most recent ones, they've, they've been able to track Godzilla through, you know, sonar and, and um, uh, just uh, through the, the speech um, frequency, the wave, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, And so they're able to track Godzilla in in some way. So maybe that could be something along the lines of like, let's just be overly cautious. And we see them go down and Kate has like a pretty visceral reaction to this rightfully so obviously because of what she experienced in san francisco a year ago it's very scary to think okay oh my god this is going to be happening here again and i'm over here thinking this is a classic godzilla the oh my god this is happening oh my god it's gonna come here and just like it was like yep here we go let's let's get cooking let's let's start cooking zilla like let's go um and of course as you're saying that doesn't happen we have no Godzilla, no tanks necessary, no missiles necessary, no, no, no right turn signs necessary. Like Godzilla is, is not here, not present at this particular time. But Kate's big reaction is, um, and I, I mean, character building for sure. I certainly anticipate this being a theme for Kate going forward of these flashbacks to what happened in San Francisco. We see her um, coming off of a bus. We see her saving some other people. And eventually we're going to be seeing her seeing Monarch folks going by, but it was a pretty big reaction. And notably they reconnect here. Kate does with Ken and his mom as they're, you know, kind of running by and be like, Hey, uh, get off the ground. Stop being trampled. Uh, We got to get underground. What are you doing down there? Um, And we go. Um, I love the aftermath of, uh, of, of Ken's mom being like, do you want to, do you want to come get some tea? Do you want to have tea with us? My potentially quasi illegitimate half daughter. Do you want to have some tea? Um, and she's like, there is literally nothing. I would like to do less than have tea with you right now. Um, and to your point earlier, Todd, Ken Taro is very much like, Oh, you think our dad was so bad. And I'm, first of all, I'm just like, when did she uh, she didn't say that like what are you you're projecting yeah. maybe a little bit but just whatever a just, a just just a little bit of projection kentaro and he's like okay i'm gonna show you something this will prove that our dad's not so bad and we go to this office that he also had keys for apparently um 
And it's just a very nor- like a very normal office. There's a little bit of banter. Like, what do you think, Dad? Did? It was like a satellite technology. And she's just like, ha! Satellites. What a joke. You don't know anything, Kentaro. You, what are you, a computer engineer? He's like, says, no, I don't know. Let me get there. Uh, we get into this office, but Todd, the secret in the office is a safe behind this big map constellation-esque type situation. There's a safe behind. And this, to me was probably the most um the part of the episode that worked for me the least as we are trying to find the combination of this safe and she's like what's your birthday okay what's your mom's birthday and eventually we find out that the combination for the safe is my birth month your birthday your mom's birth month and my mom's birthday or some some combination of those four things. And I'm over here like, this is ridiculous. No (laughs) way you just guessed the proper order of those four things. Now, obviously you can rule some stuff out in terms of like days that only have one number and months that only have one number, whatever. Okay. We don't need to get into the specifics of this. This was too much, Todd. This was too much of (laughs) your month, my day, her month, her day. And this, this is crazy. No one's doing this except for people who maybe have two separate families all the way across the world. Like maybe those are the people that are doing this, but she just guessed this. It was like her third guess. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Kate Smart, I guess. I guess. <laughs> and Kate Smart, and she knows her dad, kind of, sort of, except for the fact that he has a secret family and a secret job. Other than that, she knows him really well, <laughs> I guess, uh, to know how his mind works. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's cracked some other codes uh, from her dad whenever she was younger. Maybe she's broken into the, the safe at home. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I do like the actual solution as like the blending of the families as mm-hmm. the code. It's like almost like a, yeah, he cares about both both sides. Uh, so I thought that was interesting for that to be the code, but how quickly she figures that out is like kind of ridiculous. I agree. I think she punched in a, a few more than three times, but only like five, you know. I think I, she definitely did didn't have to do a whole lot. But once you get down to okay, I'm going to try to do like a combination of our birthdays. There aren't that many combos that she would have to do to t- try. There's, but I mean, there's enough that it would take me. It's like I mean, that's a ten minute endeavor. Um, I, th- I think this could have worked for me if it was just my birthday, your birthday. That I think that you know care yeah. about both. I don't know if we need to get into like specific birth months and, and whatever, but okay. Combination of the two families, we get into the safe. It has the waterproof bag, the watertight bag that we saw previously. Very old types of media on there, and over here I'm like old types of media. Are those DVDs that's in there? Is that, is that the, <laughs> <laughs> is that the, no, apparently this is a, a while ago from the '70s, and we're like, okay, well we got to go figure this out. We got to figure out what's going on. And Kentaro is like, no, I'm not helping you. And she's like, if you help me, I'll leave you alone. And he's like, okay, I'm helping you with everything I have. I'm gonna I'm gonna contact everyone I know. We're gonna get this figured out because I want you gone. Yeah. And so uh, I just need to point out, she tried to leave earlier and he forced her to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, a, it's a little, like, listen, Kentaro's a little hot and cold. Okay. He, he doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't know what he wants. <laughs> Speaking of which, he doesn't know what he wants. Let's meet Kentaro's ex, who um is a very savvy computer person here. We go to like a little cafe situation and we meet May. Um, not to be confused with K as we'll talk about later. So it's very, you know, the, the A's, the one letter A's. Um, and we meet May, who uh, is Kentaro's ex. And Kentaro's like, hey, I need your help with this. 
we have these old encrypted forms of media that might have secrets I need to uncover about my father and we really need your help it could be like really important top secret spy like there's this we don't know what this is but we need your help because you can do this and she's like what about our love what about our commitment and i'm like what what the there's bigger fish to fry here, May. Kentaro is like not even good at commitment, and you're you're trying to like just help just help with the technology. This drove me crazy. How May's first reaction was like, "Well, um, what a, what are we just a transactional relationship now? What about what do we just do things for each other because they're interesting and helpful and because we're capable of doing it? Yeah, maybe maybe that's what we do, May. It's not all about it's not always about the love, you know. Just just help out. These are encrypted files. <laughs> we got stuff uh, to do." Yeah, at the same time, like, he has ghosted her, and, I mean, as someone who's dealt with those relationships where someone only calls you whenever they want something from you, uh, it it's something that is not a great feeling, especially if it's something that you actually had feelings for, and then they basically cut you out of life until they need something, and then they only call you because they need something. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, understand where May's coming from uh, during this sequence. Are you are you reading someone here, Todd? Do we want to name names? <laughs> Do we want to put people on blast? Uh, um, you know, you know how much I love naming names. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, like certainly don't you know don't do that to people. Don't only call when you need something, but also when the thing you need is. Like, like decrypting uh, potentially important top secret government files or whatever these things are. Um, I don't know. And you have the ability to do that. I would hope that I would, I would really hope that people would help. Eventually she does. Um, we also get like a weird little interaction of like Kate and May where Kate is like, yeah, Kentaro's friggin' wild. Like he's so <laughs> great. And May's like, oh yeah, I like you because there's nothing more that bonds immediate strangers than the uh, co- uh, mutual um, putting down of the, uh, of the mutual friend. That, that is a I classic. Mean, that is I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, yeah. I, <laughs> this, is, this has happened to me uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like you meet someone and you both like, you know, rag on your mutual friend friend like mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're the same because they're such an idiot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've been the mutual friend a lot of times let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot okay so we're going with me and she's starting to decrypt all these fires we see a lot of we see a lot of stuff at monarch we do get kind of an interesting pretty short scene someone at monarch um who i originally thought was ashley birch but it's not ashley birch but they look very very similar um is like getting this alert that is like hey uh we're being hacked basically is what's going on. And they knew it. They knew we were tracking the hack. So they stopped, but we're being hacked. And then we see it get escalated to a boss and he's like, I got it. Don't even worry about it. I'll take care of it. And that's all we see of that for right now. But I don't think it'll be all we see of that. Yeah. So uh, a couple of, a couple of things in this scene. So first of all, the, uh, the person who like, just got the, the alert who is, who is says her title is a data caller which is like an interesting, interesting uh, hmm. title. Uh, whenever she goes to tell the guy like, hey, you know, someone's trying to decrypt some old data, but they just did a little bit of it. So we weren't able to see what all they had. Hey, you want me to kick this up to Verdugo? No idea who Verdugo is, but he very clearly like, no, 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 no. It's okay. You don't need to go Verdugo. I'll take care of this. And she's like, well, but Verdugo wants everything. No, it's, it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. And then he like really hurriedly like shoves her out of the room, like very suspiciously. Yeah. Thanks, 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 thanks. Bye-bye. And then close the door. Then he hops on the phone and calls up someone. We don't know who. It's like, hey, so how's your Japanese? 
uh, uh, with the implication being that he's about to send someone to Japan because as we were able to track, that's where the uh, encryption was coming from. So uh, my my guess is the person who's calling is Lee. That, that's going to be my guess about who it is he's calling to send to Japan. I'm guessing this is how Lee gets on. And also the way he's acting, it makes me think that Lee's probably not in good graces of whoever Verdugo is. Um, and as far as I know, Verdugo is not a character that we've met in any of the other uh, MonsterVerse movies. I, I After the episode, I did a quick like search to, to make sure, and I couldn't find any hits of Verdugo being a character in any of the Godzilla movies that we've seen. So I think Verdugo is a new character in Monarch. But yeah, I could be wrong. Well, it wasn't a name that I recognized for sure, but that doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. So, I just, you know, I, I had no idea. Um, and we're seeing some stuff on the computer of like what's going on. We see some we see some monarch files. But a lot of it is, you know, classified stuff that they're declassifying. Apparently, the technology these days is a lot better than it was in the 70s. I'm 100% sure that that is true. And in terms of encryption, um, it's nothing. She's able to go through it like a hot knife through butter. And we get Kate telling the story of uh, of G-Day and kind of the aftermath of it and her interaction with her dad, who came back a couple days later and then left, apparently to go uh, do something in Alaska, which is where he was, um, where he apparently died and where we were told that he died. Um Tough. I mean, this was tough. We had seen it previously. I again, I said this before, but I had thought that he died on G Day. Um, not the case. He's there afterwards, and uh, you know, they, he he was able to find uh, Kate afterwards, give her uh, some tickets to go move somewhere else and no longer live in San Francisco, and then just left. Um, and that's really what we see of of her dad, kind of in this first episode, um, as she's telling the story. Pretty heartfelt story, Todd. I mean, this is this would be tough. Yeah, and it's important to note that Kate and her mom have been told that her dad is dead, whereas Kentaro and his mom have been searching for him because they don't know what has happened to him. To, to them, he's missing. And so they didn't realize that he was dead until Kate shows up to say that she found this in her dead dad's stuff. Yeah, And so Kentaro assumes that he died because Kate says she's from San Francisco. He just assumed that their dad died in San Francisco, which I think is another reason why he's projecting a lot of hate towards uh, Kate. Cause it's like, he's blaming this other family. If my dad wasn't with this other family, then he would be alive right now. So that's a lot of the conflict between them. I think driving a lot of what he's uh, doing. He even has like a really snarky comment to her. Never. She's like obviously freaking out in the shelter earlier and she's like, well, what happens if, if it's not a test? He's like, well, you're from San Francisco. You should know. Like, dude, that's a, that's a bit insensitive because she does indeed know because she, yeah. you know, you know, watched a bus full of people she probably knew, like, fall to its, their deaths. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, like, slow your roll there, Kentaro. Yeah, seriously. Um, but the important thing is, like, yeah, they got a call that her dad was dead. But actually, it was like that his bush playing crashed somewhere in Fairbanks, Alaska, but they never found the wreckage or the body. So, I mean, her dad is alive somewhere, right? I mean, there's there's no way that her dad is actually dead. I mean... This is tough, right? Um, I, I mean, probably, right? Like, probably in some capacity. Um... But what does that mean, though? I, I think is like the is, is the bigger question. Like, I don't anticipate that we're going to get like a big fallout in terms of her dad coming back and and seeing both mothers. Like, notably, we didn't even oh, see Kate's no. mom. Um, there could be a situation where uh, what I think is potentially likely here, we're going to Alaska 
Somebody's oh. going to Alaska at some point here. I don't know if it's Kate and Ken. I don't know if it's like something in the past that we'll talk about in a second that kind of, got, I don't know, I, but we're going to Alaska at some point. The dad is probably not dead. Could be dead by the end of the season though. I, that, no. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're certainly seeing something else here of this story. Um, and there, there's a lot more than meets the eye. I don't even know if I necessarily have any theories at this point. He came back five days after Godzilla and then had to leave to go to Alaska. So, you know, dollars to donuts. There's a Titan in Alaska. That's, you know, I, <laughs> that's yeah. just going to happen. Um, yeah. What that means, who it is, if it's anyone we're familiar with, I don't know. Um and then his interaction with it. But I do agree that the way that this is probably going to connect monarch wise is through um, that is through Lee Shaw, right? Is through the, the conversation that you're talking about, the prediction of like, do you speak Japanese um, or how's your Japanese rather? Let's get him involved. Let's take a, let's take a family road trip, a weird illegitimate half family road trip <laughs> and, and go to Alaska and see what's going on here. Um, I do think that could be really interesting. Um it could be it could be fun. And the final thing that we see here, kind of in this present storyline, is uh, a picture on the on the screen. I, this was kind of dumb how they the things kept flashing. They're like, wait, wait, go back, go back, go back. And it's like every like millisecond, a new picture pops up. What do you mean, go back? Like what is whatever? They pull out the picture, and it is Kay, who we'll talk about in just a second, standing in a Titan footprint, and she's like, "That is my grandmother," and he is like, "Yeah." She died when dad was little. So that's what we see at the end of the present storyline. Cool visual as well with the footprint. Um, Godzilla footprint. Yes. Yeah. I, I think so. It looks like a, what well, I would assume to be a Godzilla footprint. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the impression that I got there. And that is our present storyline. Um, most of the episode was this. This was definitely the bulk of the episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see where we go from here. And obviously, the other kind of interesting thing is there is a gap of time between when this starts and like right now, present day in the MonsterVerse. So I don't know how far we're going to go forward. We I could certainly see some time not jumps, but like if we flash forward to you know other things that happen in the other movies that could be interesting but i enjoyed the present i enjoyed the present storyline Todd. i thought it was i thought it was interesting and compelling yeah while i was watching it i i thought that you would probably enjoy this because there is a little bit of that espionage uh, aspect going on especially with the monarch being notified as they're trying to decrypt things uh the i know you said like the spy espionage stuff is some of your favorite stuff yeah it's not always my favorite thing so i'm be curious to see like what sort of a, a percentage of the show falls into that and and like to gauge our relative enjoyments of the show as that rises and falls because i could see like you being really into some aspects and me not being as much and vice versa but overall yeah i really enjoyed this I thought that even though again the Kentaro wasn't my, was probably my least favorite character, I still think he's an interesting character, and I'm hoping that he just gets over himself a little bit. Uh, and like I said, yeah, he's done with a lot of stuff right now, and it's understandable, but it wasn't necessarily fun for me to watch. But I thought that uh, Kentaro and May and Kate were all interesting. Uh, one thing I just wanted to mention: uh, one of the ways that May makes money is basically a uh, finding you know old records and putting a new coat of wax on them and like selling to people for tons tons of money. Uh, this whole conversation about whether it actually is better 
<laughs> to hear a uh, a record opposed to like an MP3 or whatever, and she and Kentaro have a little bit of an argument about that, and she's and she says people want to listen with their hearts instead of their ears, and I will gladly take their money. Yeah, uh, which uh, I appreciate the the pioneering spirit there a bit. Uh, so that I, I like May as a character. I, I I think that she's definitely interesting and brings like an, an interesting uh, dynamic here with between like the two half siblings. Okay, well, I want everyone to go back and download this podcast, put it on a record, code it in some wax, and then give us a bunch of extra money for it. Um, and while you go do that, we're going to take a quick ad break, and we will be right back to talk about the past. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back. Do you think anyone did that? Do you own a record player, Todd? Not anymore, no. Okay. I do not either, but I did grow up with a Victrola. Um, and so oh, like, wow. we, we had the ability. We never like did play any records though, but we, we had the ability to. Um, we didn't have any records to play. I guess yeah. that was probably oh. the problem. Yeah, no, I, I definitely grew up with records. Uh, being significantly older than you, yeah, records were the... Uh... The thing God, I, I wasn't even going to say anything. I really wasn't. Um, I because people can't see us. Maybe people don't know us. Maybe people don't know the age yeah. difference. But um, I did like the Victoria. It like looks cool. And I, I was always like, man, it's kind of cool that we have that, even though we like never used it. I remember like opening it up for the first time because I didn't know what was inside of it, and they opened up, and my parents were like, oh, here's this. So, anyway, I do know people that are like um, into that and are very much of the belief of like it sounds better. Uh, you know what sounds even better? Live music. Actually listening to the music as it's being played. But let's go to the past. A blast from the past where they had records, to, probably. 
Records were big in 1959, right? That's yes. where we're going. We're going to Kazakhstan in 1959 as we are uh, going to spend some time in the past here. Not a lot of time. Um, admittedly, we kind of flash to this, but when we flash to these scenes in the past, they're pretty short. We really don't spend a lot of time there, but it does feel uh, just exhilarating every time we do. And there's also kind of a charm to to all of this as we're as we're kind of going back, even like the the big gas mask and the car. Um, and we're seeing a monarch team here of the aforementioned trio of Billy, Lee, and Kay. Um, and so, uh, we, you know, we've kind of already gotten to the end of the other part of this episode, but we, we know Kay is the grandmother. Um, we, we've seen kind of future uh, Billy, and then Lee is presumably the person we're going to see uh, going forward. We don't know that uh, confirmed, but we are certainly going to see Lee in more capacities. That's our trio. And they are investigating a uh, radioactive site, and they've got all kinds of little gadgets and gizmos and doodads who are going off the charts because there's so much radioactivity happening in this area and of course we know in this universe things that are radioactive all of those nuclear things breeding grounds for titans they love to feed on all of this energy and they get into it they put the mass on and they're going in and they find just a rando kid who has a gun who is just out and about in the woods and they're like, look at each other. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, this would freak me out, Todd. If I was like looking for a radioactive like Titan site and I just see a kid with a gun coming up, I would I would freak out. That kid would probably be dead. That would be really scary. Yeah, uh, I guess it's a good thing the kid ran into Lee and not you then. Um... I guess. Seriously. What is he doing out there? And with no mask on, which yeah. does uh, bring about the realization pretty quickly, they don't really need these masks because Todd... The radioactivity, not a thing. Yeah. And notably, there was radioactivity as they were coming towards the site. It's just the closer they got to what should have been the epicenter of it all, the ground zero, it's all gone. And the kid, like they ask him, because basically the kid's out there hunting, trying to get food. And Kay tries to warn him, eh, if you eat that, it's going to make your family sick. You don't need to do that. Because like, oh, the contamination, that's a fairy tale to keep the curious people away. The old folks say the government burned a hole in the earth all the way to hell, which, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a probably pretty accurate <laughs> description. He's seen Godzilla world. versus Kong is what he's seen. Yeah, he's seen yeah. that hole. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's seen the hollow earth. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. So, but yeah, I, my favorite thing about this whole sequence, like I think I mentioned earlier, is just like the interplay between our monarch team here. Like the trio is a lot of fun because you have like Billy and Kay who are a couple and have a kid together who's back home. And then you have Lee, who's obviously known them for a while. And Billy and Kay are the scientists. And Lee is a soldier who he's like, at one point, Art says, Army, give me one job, Swab. And that's keeping you eggheads alive. But he's like, he's giving Billy a hard time about not being able to drive. And they're just kind of like, you can tell like they're old friends. They have like this really great camaraderie. But it's also funny because uh, the, the, interplay between Kay and Billy is like Kay will something, Billy will say something and Kay will contradict him and Lee will almost always go with Kay over Billy's thing and almost every time Kay seems to be the one who turns out to be right uh, it's also kind of an interesting fact, I mean, well, you know later on, maybe yeah. not, but but, but as, in, in terms of like the, the facts like, you know, uh, she's the one who's like, yeah, there's no radiation here and Billy argues and she's right and then they're arguing about the uh, the bombs are about to put down. And one of my favorite scenes is they're just going back and forth, like arguing about 
these are this size bombs. So these are this size bombs. So you put them in this pattern. It should be this pattern. No, it should be that. And they're arguing. And Lee just kind of rolls his eyes and just presses the button. He's like, he doesn't care. He's planning the bombs. He's sending them off to do kind of the same thing that we saw in Kong Skull Island. They set up these charges to send these waves to the ground so they can get like kind of an echolocation type thing of what's going on underground. Uh, and Kong Skull Island, it did not turn out well for the people dropping the bombs. And I would say it probably didn't turn out too well for the people doing the bombing here either, but just in a very different way. Yes, sir, sir, certainly did not uh, end up well. Although I think in the short term, they would be pretty happy about what they discovered. So they set off these bombs and, and we kind of see them uh, going down here and they find just the most disgusting thing <laughs> a bunch of larvae a bunch of like eggs i don't know what the difference is between larvae and eggs to be honest with you i, I have no clue i'm not a scientist or a or a bug scientist there's got to be a, a word for that um insectologist i don't know i'm not a bug scientist and i see these leave and i'm what is it entomologist i think entomologist okay cool i'm not one of those either um and they look down and we see these larvae these eggs of um just th th these these creatures now I, I i don't know if we've seen these creatures before i no. don't think so we've seen other larvae in movies in uh godzilla versus kong there was some other larvae that was used more of a like feeding type situation to to, to like test and and practice the the mechzilla on um but that's i yeah. don't think that's what these were no these are these are called endoswarmers and they were a new creation specifically for the show okay very interesting so we're getting these we're, we're finding these eggs we're finding larvae and immediately uh, k is like well we've got to get a sample we've got to go down there and get an actual sample and in my mind i'm like well no um <laughs> you don't like that's <laughs> you just don't need to do that um and billy has a very similar thought of like uh no maybe we don't and Kay's like, oh, I'm going to do it. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do. And Lee's like, okay, well, you got five minutes. Or how long do you need? She's like, five minutes. She's like, okay, you got five minutes. I don't really understand why the timing is is all that important here. Like, I don't know what we were worried about. feels like we should have been more worried about the situation than the time of the situation. But whatever. You have five minutes. Go get the sample. I'm coming with you. We're both going down. Uh, I do love the I, I, one of the initial kind of lines here is uh, Billy is asking me, like, what do you see down there? It was like the same freaking thing you do, just a little bit closer, you <laughs> idiots. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. The, the, I really do, like you're saying, Todd, the interplay of all three of these characters is really, really fun. Um, but it quickly goes awry. As we're getting the sample, the ground is crumbling because, you know, we set off a dozen bombs in the area and there's a bunch of radiation and we're feeding. So, you know, the ground begins to crumble and split apart and we see one of the larvae open or hatch or emerge, whatever the, whatever the science word is, entomologists chime in and it begins to go and they're like, okay, it's, we, we're done. We don't have time for this. Pull me back up. Let's get the ropes over here. We've got to, we don't have time for this. Okay. Like we got to go in case like, but one more minute, please. I just need one minute. And okay. Please, you gotta go. <sighs> she just took so long. They're trying to climb up the ropes. Long story short, after kind of a dramatic sequence to end this episode, um, almost, almost she's able to get back up. Billy is just at the top there and watches Kay fall down, not able to hold onto the rope anymore as dozens and dozens and dozens of these creatures are clawing at her, gripping onto her legs as she's trying to climb up this rope. The rope falls. She plummets into the earth 
as Lee is alive and Billy's alive. <sighs> Farewell, DK. We did not know her for very long, but she is now larva meat. She's gone, Todd, right? She's done. She's not living through this. Probably not. Um, I would not put it past the show to have like a fake out like that. I, I feel like the next episode is probably going to be Lee and Billy debating going down after her, uh, whether they actually do or not. But I could see them like going down to try to like rescue her, even though odds of her being alive at this point are slim to none. Yeah. But I could I could see them hand waving away her somehow surviving this fall and not being eaten eaten immediately. Uh, I don't see how, but I could see it being a thing. Uh, it feels like it's obvious because we got the she died when my dad was young. And this feels like this would be the thing, but it also could be a, a fake out. I don't know. I, I don't want to say definitively until we see the body, but more it, it makes more sense for her to actually be dead here than it does for her to survive this fall with these things that have been like rushing after her to consume her and she falls down into a mass of them. She should be dead. Whether yeah, I'm ready to call it. Uh, I feel comfortable calling it. She's gone. She's done. We're not going to see her again. Um, she's she. Uh, we'll be seeing you. I'm so sorry, Kay, but you just can't do this. You should have left. You should have maybe not gone down into the larva pit to get genetic material. We would have been fine without it. Or you could have gotten it from a distance. Or I don't know. There were other options, but instead, she's gone. Um, and that's kind of the end of our past storyline. Like I said before, most of the episode was spent in the present. I did like the past though. It was fun. It was exciting. Um, the, 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 we talked a little bit last podcast about what will this be from the perspective of, of the, you know, the humans, the monsters and stuff like that. And I think overwhelmingly this first episode, there were very few Titans. I mean, there were some mentions. We got, we got quite a few Godzilla mentions, but like in terms of perspective, this was as human as it could get. We saw the aftermath of this in a human perspective. I like that personally. I am okay with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I do think in this past storyline, we actually saw the Mudo X, right? Like we saw something that was more Titan-esque than anything we saw outside of, you know, maybe the Godzilla alarm. But we, I mean, we never like saw any confirmation of anything, right? So uh, is that going to be where we have most of our interactions with the monsters is in the past? Is that kind of how we're going to be dealing with them? I don't know. But I think it could be interesting, and I'll just say of note, I did enjoy that element of the past storyline. I thought it was very fun. It was very exciting, entertaining, engaging. I'm interested to see if we're down a character, if we're down K, I think someone else could, like, we could use someone else in this past storyline to kind of gravitate towards. I don't know how interested I am in just Billy and Lee kind of going, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I want more in this past storyline. Um, I guess it could just be the two of them, but I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the past storyline though, Todd. Yeah. Like I said, I think the past storyline is probably my favorite part of the episode. Uh, I could see just being Billy and Lee. Cause I think they do have that rapport uh, that could be, you know, sustained even without K there. Uh, I think the, there'll be some damage to the, the, rapport a bit but i think there could still be some interesting stuff there especially if a billy is blaming lee for it or lee is upset and feels guilt uh, i think there's like definitely things they can explore there uh yeah i really but I, I like the fact that we got to see like monarch in action see them doing their little action squad stuff and the, it was like some really good characters with some like fun personalities and had some like, a pretty harrowing sequence there 
Um, I think there's like definitely stuff to recommend both the present and the past storylines. I think there's lots of like really interesting stuff with the past. It's going to be them just going off on their monster hunting in general. And in the present, it's going to be, okay, what's going on with Monarch and what's this shady government thing uh, all about? So I'm I'm really interested in seeing where everything's going. I think it's like a really good first episode to to set the stage and to get your interest. And yeah, I really want to watch the next episode now to see what's going on. Well, uh, luckily, we can go do that here in uh, just a few minutes as we're going to get out of here. Overall, though, I totally agree. This was a fun first episode, interesting first episode. We have nine more of these to go. And I will say, I think we told a lot of story in one episode. So I'm sort of excited that we didn't have a lot of just random filler and it really did feel like we're progressing a story here we're really getting immersed with these characters i'm excited about all of the different storylines the past and present i think worked really well for me the pacing worked really well for me as well in terms of how quickly things were moving in either storyline so i appreciated that um and we'll see where it goes i know we're, we're, we have exciting performances upcoming we haven't even seen kurt russell yet so i i'm, I'm very interested in where we're going um and we'll find out very shortly uh because we can go watch episode two because it's already out and if you're listening, it's already out for you, too. You can uh, watch both episodes. This was just the first one. We'll be back so soon to talk about the second one. So soon. You don't even have to wait. You might you might already be able to hit play, depending on when you're listening to this. Who knows? Um, Todd, I'm stoked to continue with this uh, exciting endeavor to get our mutos of our own or, you know, larva or whatever. Don't, don't have larva. I really... I don't think I've ever enjoyed Larva just as a general. <laughs> I just don't think I've enjoyed it a single time. Um, okay, Todd, let's get out of here. Uh, what are you up to these days? Where can people find you if they want more Todd? Uh, you can find me on most social media platforms at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian is too many characters. Uh, you can also find me here on Post Your Recaps covering Goosebumps with Melissa. I believe the final episode should be dropping uh, today as well. So you can... Uh, Watch the final episode of Goosebumps and listen to Melissa and myself uh, break it down. Uh, outside of that, I'm also always on One Indescribable Podcast where Adam, TV, Lindy, and I talk about uh, various shows. And right now we're covering Girls 5 Eva. And yeah, that's that, amazing. Uh, that Twitter is 160 podcast. Oh, you plugged it. I was going to do it. Okay. I'm uh, Adam H. I stole you can, it. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Piano and Adam One, as well as over at One Describe Podcast, talking G5B with Todd and Lindy. Uh, I'm talking about Doctor Who with the amazing Kevin and Melissa. We are so excited to talk about the upcoming specials uh, that are going to be happening this month. David Tennant is back. Catherine Tate is back. We're going to be doing some great stuff. Neil Patrick Harris is going to be a guest. So stoked to talk about that. I'm also talking Final Fantasy IX with the talented Brooklyn Zed. We are into some really fun stuff. I am in love with Steiner, so go check check that out over there but of course Todd we'll be back so shortly you might even be able to hit play on this right now we'll be back to talk about season one episode two monarch legacy of monsters but until then lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.